gonna freestyle a little bit on this one, just me on this episode. Um, and I thought maybe this is a good time to reflect. Uh, I know I'm, you know, 20 or so episodes into season two, all told over 200 episodes. So every so often it's good to just take a second and think about what are you saying? What are you learning? How's it impacting me? How's it changing my perspective on life, my quality of life, all that. Um, and I think I, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, ironically, I struggled to be honest. Um, and some of that's like remnants of old people pleasing where like, I'm worried if I say something too definitively or too declaratively, or um, like the opinion is too strong, it may, it may be flawed, right? It may, I may say it in such a way, or I may express an opinion where somebody says, oh, I don't, I don't like that. Or there's something about it that doesn't resonate. And there's a little bit of still that fear where I'm trying to check all the boxes and, and, and make everybody like it, which is not great. But I also struggle to be honest in the same vein because like life is complex and it's nuanced and like, what does being honest mean? Like, oh, this is what I believe or this is what I think. I feel like I've seen too much. I know too much. I understand the world too much to ever make that statement because like, what believe it based on what? <laughs> and then you get into a hole, you follow the thread and you get to what's the value, you get to what it is, right? Like, how do you actually see the world? What's the meaning of us being here? And I don't know the answer to that. So it's very hard for me to like say something with great conviction. Um, but if, if I try to be honest about what I've learned and what I'm seeing, like the biggest pattern, the biggest takeaways from all these interviews and all these discussions, I, I think the reality, as I see it, it doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it can't change. It doesn't mean it's the whole story. It's just the most likely story is that the bad in us define bad how you will, but the bad in us as humans is kind of dominant in the world. I, I've, I've learned about myself through doing this show that, I'm cynical. Um, I often position it in the show as like, you know, I'm playing the cynic and, and I mean that, but I don't think it's a hard thing for me to play. I think it's a natural play for me. Um, and, you know, again, to what I said before, it's tough for me to say that too declaratively of like, I'm cynical of humanity. Um, but the reality is I am. I am cynical of it. I, I think there's, it's so easy for us to be bad, <laughs> to be selfish, to be greedy, to not care about others. Um, it's just, it's just so easy. And I think that's what we see in the world. And I think history proves it, right? We don't have to go down the list. It's to, we don't have enough time to go down the list of all the horrible stuff. Um, it's, and I, I say the bad in us is dominant. It's not that it's taken over completely. It's just dominant. It's, it's the mo the thing that we see most. And that's, disappointing, upsetting, concerning, um, all those things, right? If, if, if you have a view of life, you have a working philosophy of life, which says humans are kind of broken, our minds are terribly flawed in so many ways. And that part of us is kind of winning out. And, and that results in, in ugliness in the world, it results in suffering. That's not a great story. That's not a great place to be. And that's where I find myself looking at it. And, and it's, it's why I believe so strongly in questioning, because I think if we saw it, if we were able to actually recognize it, if we we're able to spot it, we have such a better chance of changing it, of, of being better. But I think we have to challenge ourselves. I think we have to not, it's like every one of us has to assume we're not as good as we think we are. And that's me. That's anybody like like take any person that has a viewpoint has a perspective 
has a strong opinion on something, my theory is as a default, you should take the, the, the perspective of I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm not as good as I think I am. This idea isn't as good as I think it is. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. It doesn't mean you shouldn't believe it. But take that skeptical, humble, cynical, use the word you want to use, perspective, and we'd all be better off. I think so much of the pain and the ugliness in the world today is because we refuse to acknowledge or accept or even entertain this idea that we're not that good. We're just not. There's plenty of good that comes from us. There are beautiful parts of us, but we are not inherently good. We're just not. And I, again, I could apply that to all different people. I mean, there's certain influencers today. That the one that comes to mind right now, and it's not to call anybody out in any way, because who am I to call anybody out, particularly these type of people, but like a Jordan Peterson comes to mind. Jordan Peterson's brilliant in, in many ways, in the traditional sense, intellectually, super smart, super brilliant, thoughtful person, obviously. Um, but even him. <laughs> Like how much it would benefit him to constantly remind himself, I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm certainly not as good as I think I am. Like how much better could that be? And why do I say him? I say him because he's a good example of somebody who is really smart, very popular right now, has a big following. There's a lot of people that um, kind of hang on his every word. And, and, and it resonates so deeply with them, what he's saying. And some of that's understandable because he says some smart stuff and, and some logical stuff. But that's the point. That's, that's the danger. That's the slippery slope. That's the poison. That's the cancer. It's the good in us that allows the bad in us to live. It's because there's glimmers of, wow, I am pretty smart. Wow, this is resonating. Wow, people really do receive this well. That allows the bad to come in. It allows us to stop questioning, to get overconfident. And that's why all of us on any topic have to take the mindset of I'm not as good as I think I am. I personally believe someone like a Jordan Peterson, um, the thing that I wish he recognized more, and I say this humbly, all the caveats that I'm meant to say, right? Because it's what I said before, it's tough for me to be honest. I think anybody who develops a following with like the fervor and the, and the, um, it's almost, there's a dogmatism to it in some cases. Now, maybe people would disagree with that, but at least in some cases there is. I think anybody that forms that type of following should recognize that and see the potential dangers in it and actively take steps to try and address it rather than lean into it. Rather than think that's a sign of a good thing, see that as a sign of a bad thing. See that as a sign of if my objective, if my mission, if my purpose is to teach people to think for themselves, right? to not just be sheep, to not just go with what they're told, to, to question, to um, formulate their own perspectives, to see different perspectives. If all of that is your goal, as soon as you start developing a following that becomes dogmatic, that's now counter to that. Now, all those things are no longer the objective, right? The ability to see things more clearly, to question all that. The objective becomes to maintain your following, to build your following, to engage your following, to um, appease your following. That becomes the objective over the original. Because if it, if it was otherwise, I think you would see a lot more active steps of somebody like a Jordan Peterson challenging those views, looking at it and calling out the danger of having people who believe what you say and trust what you say at the level in which a lot of his followers do. And again, it's not to say he's not smart and doesn't have some good ideas. It's not about that. 
It's about the idea of trying to help people to think for themselves. If you start working counterproductively towards that, you have to do something about it. And again, I use him as the example because he seems to understand the human psyche, sociology, psychology, how we work at a very deep level. And the fact that he doesn't seem to see this is, is surprising to me. And that helps to make the point of why all of us need to assume we're not as good as we think we are. We're not as smart as we think we are. Right. And, and, and play out the thread. You could, you could assume perhaps someone like a Jordan Peterson thinks, well, well, I'm fighting the good fight though. I'm fighting the good fight. This is necessary. The, the, the following that I'm developing and the fervor that they have is a good thing because we're fighting a battle against liberals or progressives or whatever. Therefore, I, I want them to listen to what I'm saying because this is our best chance out. That's where I call bullshit. I have to call bullshit because if you, if this is why I love first principles, if you strip it down, what you're afraid of when it comes to liberals, when it comes to progressives, is that they're indoctrinating, that they're bullying, that they're pushing an agenda and people either aren't seeing it and are just going along with it or are just getting swept up in it, right? And can't help themselves. And seemingly you're trying to teach people how to know that's not okay. We don't follow beliefs or ideas just because we like where they come from or we like the title of the person who says it. We follow them because of their underlying logic and reason. We assess them, we interrogate them, we examine them, we dissect them to see if there's actually something there that's worth following. That's what we do. That's what we're trying to do. And that's how you overcome his seeming fear of progressives liberals, right? How could you possibly achieve that goal? How could you possibly feel good about what you're doing if you're just doing that in the other direction? If you're developing people who aren't actually dissecting, interrogating, attacking your views, your beliefs, and seeing what's actually there. If they're just trusting you, that you somehow are some sort of godlike deity who has the ability to see the world like nobody else can, and that's what I'm just going to follow, you're creating the same thing. The level of arrogance and trust, <laughs> uh, unbelievable trust you must have in yourself. I, I can't get on board with that. I have to imagine you could, you have to be able to see that and say, if my objective is true, if I'm being honest with myself and other people, and I want to prevent people from getting caught up and, and, and indoctrinated, then I want to teach them how to truly think. I want to teach them how to truly challenge. And that even goes for me. That especially goes for me. I want them to challenge me. I'll challenge myself. I'll challenge my own ideas. I'm never going to get it, let, let it get to a point where I feel high and mighty. Now, am I projecting these things on someone like Jordan Peterson? Am I jealous of Jordan Peterson? Um, am I not as intellectually sophisticated or smart as Jordan Peterson? Absolutely possible. I, I have to practice what I preach. I need to interrogate my own ideas and I expect anybody listening to do the same. So it's certainly possible that that's the case. It's certainly possible. But I think when you look at it objectively, you, you see some of this. You see somebody who, who very likely started off for the right reasons, trying to help, trying to use his skills and tools and abilities to make a difference, but somehow it got lost along the way. And, and we see too much dogmatism. We see too much of like a, um, I, I, the only way I can put it is it's the opposite of the philosopher king concept. And I, and I know I use that concept a lot, but I think it's such an important one, right? The idea being that the person who wants to be the influencer, the person who wants to be followed, right? Or is followed for that matter, shouldn't want to be. <laughs> They shouldn't think they're special. They shouldn't think they have any special abilities that put them in that position. They shouldn't have a desire for people to, to, to hang on their every word. They shouldn't have a desire to, to, to formulate a following 
who views them so um, in such a godlike way. They just shouldn't. And, and what I see from somebody like Jordan Peterson, it's not just him. There's plenty of people on the left. There's plenty of progressives. There's plenty of other, you know, right-wing conservatives, whatever you want to call them. It doesn't matter. I don't care about the titles. There's plenty of people like him who, who do the same thing, who seem to, to enjoy it, seem to play into it. They, they seem to take it and, and develop this air of, of confidence and conviction and at times certainty that is completely counter to what it should be. And I, I don't understand how somebody like that doesn't see it and take some action. So let me get off my soapbox and digress a little bit from, from Jordan Peterson. To me, that gets back to the point of the questioning, of the challenging, of the never assuming we're that good. And for me personally, what I've learned from this journey of doing the podcast and all these conversations is that none of us are that good. <laughs> That's what we need to believe more of. The best conversations I've had, I mean, I've had great conversations with everybody, but often the, 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 the most productive are when people are naturally humble and curious. They're naturally open to entertaining the idea that maybe this idea isn't as good as I thought it was. They're not defensive about it. The most telling conversations I've had are the ones where it's somebody who's not, somebody who's unwilling to assume that maybe they're not as good as they think they are. And that's on the podcast and in life for that matter. That's where my biggest fear comes from, seeing that seeing people allowing the worst of themselves to come out or maybe not the worst of themselves, but not the good in themselves and not seeing it, not catching it. And it's hard. I talk about this all the time. I've written about it a ton. It's really, really, really hard to see it really hard. If not impossible, it should feel impossible to see it. That's why the working assumption has to be, I'm not as smart. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Cause at least then that gives you a chance. It gives you a chance to catch it in some form or fashion. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that's got to be continuously pressed and, and, and practiced and repped, but it all starts with that underlying assumption, that underlying belief. Um, the other thing I'll say kind of in line with this of the other big takeaway from, from all these conversations is if we're going to achieve that, if we're going to have the ability to do that, to challenge ourselves more and, and find ways in which we are not good enough and we can be better and actually push ourselves to be better. Evolution keeps coming up often. And sometimes it's literal, sometimes it's more figurative, but it's a concept that comes up a lot. And I've had a lot of guests talk about it in this way of like humans need to evolve. They need to, there's, there's almost this battle that's been going on since the beginning of time, at least for humans um, of our conscious kind of sophisticated way of thinking and our animalistic kind of base primal way of thinking. And you see it play out in all different ways, you know, as an example, in kind of societal terms, um, kind of like a, a naturalist movement, this idea that anything from nature, the natural way of being is the right way. And we should get back to that, or we should tap into that. And, and there's obviously logic in that. And there's good reason to believe that. And nature has done a lot of amazing things. Evolution has done a lot of, a lot of amazing things. But there's this viewpoint that's growing of maybe we need to break from that. Maybe this gift tool of consciousness has given us the ability to actually look at nature, look at the natural way of, of how things are and make our own decision on it, make our own judgment. Whereas a lot of people would say, that's not our judgment to make. It's arrogant. It's reckless. It's not our judgment. We just go with nature. We go with the natural way. The natural order is this, right? A man marries a woman or we eat meat or whatever it is, right? That's got to be right. And I'm not saying those things are right or wrong or indifferent. I mean, I have my own views on it, but for the sake of this conversation, it's 
there's this evolutionary view which says, let's not assume anything. Let's not assume nature got it right or God, some people might believe. And that's what makes this so tricky. It becomes blasphemous in some ways. But this gift we've been given, this tool we've been given allows us to make our own assessments. And if we're going to achieve this better society, this better state for humanity, if we're going to have the ability to have that working assumption that we're not as good and, and improve ourselves, the way we do that is by evolving past that animalistic size, side, by not just <clears throat> assuming that's the best in us and make our own decisions. Allow ourselves to look at it and say, actually, this is what I think would be a better way to be. And you can put that in the context of all sorts of social issues today. Again, progressive, conservative, liberal, doesn't matter. Um, you, you see that kind of coming out in some ways as people will talk about it. And it's the same concept. It, it gets back to me to the same root concept of if, if there is an evolution, that evolution is based on a first principles level on this premise that no idea, no concept, no theory, none of it is at the top of the food chain, is, is the top of the hierarchy of what we should worship or, or, or follow. Never. It's never an idea. It's never a concept, right? If it's, if it's the naturalistic view, if it's the concept of that, if it's a more progressive or more liberal, more conservative, it's never that. What, what we follow is logic and reason. And where that takes us, that's what we then go with. As soon as we say, well, this is the natural way, this is the way nature has done it, therefore it must be right, that's dogmatic. That's not necessarily at its base level rooted in logic and reason because you say, well, why did nature do it that way? How do we know we should can trust nature? What's nature's objective in all of this? And as soon as you don't have answers to those questions, then it starts to crumble. If you just follow logic and reason the whole way, then, then maybe, maybe we have a better chance. So you get back to this battle, right, of the naturalistic view versus the more evolved view or conscious driven view. And I think that's, that's the battle for people to say, whatever belief, whatever idea I hold so core to me and, and I worship so deeply, I can't have it. I can't worship. No idea is more important than logic and reason, right? This, this idea of truth, which is the word that comes up a lot when you're talking about philosophy, it's almost to say logic over truth. Logic is more important than truth because we don't know truth. We don't know truth. We don't know why we're here. We don't know exactly who created this. We have, we have beliefs, obviously. But at least from where I sit, we don't know for sure. We don't know the truth. So anytime we rest on a truth, right? Men are designed to do this. Women are designed to do this. God believed this. Um, people should treat each other this way. Anytime we have those definitive truths, there's certainly some, there can be benefit in them, but the cost, the danger in them is too great. We can't rely on truth. We have to rely on logic and reason. We have to. It's not perfect. It doesn't solve every problem we have because logic and reason still needs truth in there somewhere. We need to base things on, okay, but it becomes more probability. It becomes more of an assessment. It becomes more in the evolutionary sense of us like, hey, let's figure this thing out. But we're not beholden to anything. We're working through it. And that's where I think that evolutionary, to use that word again, mindset versus being grounded in something, some, some assumption of truth is such an important one. And I see that come out in so many of these conversations, that battle, that battle between, but this is the way we always did it. This is the way I know it to be. This is the way it should be. This is how nature has it. Maybe, maybe, but let's look at it. Let's actually assess it and not assume. Those two are the biggest ones for me that I think I've taken away from this. I'm way more cynical than maybe I realized I were, but I'm okay with that if I'm being honest. Um, 
I'm cynical of my cynicism. I recognize it may not be the best way, but the probability, the logic and reason has led me to believe, yeah, you should be cynical. Um, for myself, I'll speak individually. I'm, I'm the best parts of me, the, the things I can take some pride in to where I could say, hey, I think I'm a good person in that way or something. If I'm being super honest, it's rooted in me just th those parts of me are the parts where I've recognized the flaws, right? That's what makes me good that I've seen like, ooh, that's not so great. Or sometimes I break bad in that way, or sometimes I don't handle this well. And then I try and kind of understand it and, and improve upon it. There's very few things that are just like, oh, I'm inherently good in that way. That's just that part of me is good. I was just born with this amazing thing. I, I think the parts of me that I would be proud to say make me a good person only came from me acknowledging how I'm a bad person, how I'm off the mark, how I'm missing it. And some people hear that and they think that's not a healthy mindset, right? Like, don't be that hard on yourself or we're all perfect and beautiful in our own ways. And I, I get that sentiment to an extent. And I'm, I'm not saying it to say I'm like evil or I'm completely broken or, you know, I should feel horrible about myself. No, I should be honest. <laughs> I should follow logic and reason and understand where my flaws are, where, where there's areas for me to improve. And I can only do that if I'm willing to, if I'm open to it, if, if I'm willing to entertain it. Um, and that's why I'm okay with that cynicism. I think cynicism is one of the greatest tools we have. It, it can go too far, right? If not checked, right? If it's, if it's not balanced in some ways, but cynicism, skepticism, curiosity, in their different forms are all some of the most valuable tools we have to become better people, to actually live out that evolutionary process, to transcend the constraints we've traditionally had, not to say they're all bad, but to actually assess them for what they are and decide this one's good, this one's not, which is a tough thing. It becomes subjective. There's a big world of people out there. It's hard to agree, but that's the path I think we need to go down. And that allows us to have that working assumption of, huh, Maybe I'm not that good. Maybe I'm not as smart as I think I am. It's not that you're not good. It's that you're not as good as you think you are. That's the big takeaway I would say from this. Every single one of us, I'm confident to say, should believe I'm not as good as I think I am. The idea I have is not as good as I think it is. I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm not as nice as I think I am. Doesn't mean you're not nice. Doesn't mean you're not smart. Doesn't mean the idea is not good. But it's almost certainly not as good as you think it is. And if you could truly embody that and embrace that, Whew, the things I think we could do, the, how much better of a world it could be if we could all do that. Don't be afraid of it. Don't, don't fear it. Don't allow it to form insecurity that then causes you to harm people. Just face it, own it, and work with it. If we could do that, man, that'd be something. But I don't know. We have to be willing to question. We have to be willing to assume that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'd be curious I, I, in, in terms of what I'm saying here, if people disagree on any of it, because that's the whole uh, uh, the whole objective of this. Whatever I'm saying here, I have to believe it's not as smart as I think it is. It's not as logical as I think it is. It's not as noble, moral, virtuous as I think it is. I have to assume that because that'll only help make the ideas better and hopefully make me better. Um, yeah. That's what I got for today.